This is episode number 368 with Travis Pastrana. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got a very special and fun interview with a legend in motorsports competition and stunt performances, Travis Pastrana in the house. Got a great guest for you today. His name is Travis Pastrana, and he is an American motorsports competitor and stunt performer who has won championships and X Games gold medals in several events, including Supercross, Motocross, Freestyle Motocross, and rally racing. He runs a show called Nitro Circus and previously competed in the NASCAR Nationwide Series for Roush Fenway Racing. He currently competes in the Global Rally Cross Championship, driving the number 199 Subaru for Subaru Rally Team USA. He's been in a number of TV shows. He's been in a number of movies. He's an incredible human being, and I'm so excited to have him on here to talk about how he became so great in so many areas of the extreme sports that he does. And some of the main things we talk about are how he gets past fear and jumps into flow, especially when there's so much danger at stake and all the injuries he's gone through. I think over 31 surgeries that he's gone through over the years. It's incredible that he continues to get past his fear and step into the flow and how you can recreate that as well. Also, what Travis wants to teach his kids about career opportunities, why getting so many injuries and dealing with so much pain is well worth it for him, the value in messing up while trying something new, and how Travis and his wife handle each other's risk-taking, since his wife is a skateboarder and doing more extreme sports as well. Loved this conversation, loved this interview. Travis is a stand-up human being. So much joy, so much passion for what he does, and he continues to step up and push the limits every single day and lift others up around him. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. Make sure to share this out with your friends right now, lewishouse.com slash 368, and spread the word about Travis. Check out the full show notes at lewishouse.com slash 368, the full video interview, all the other uh fun stuff that Travis does. You can connect with him over at the show notes as well. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only Travis Pastrana. All right. Welcome everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today. His name is Travis Pastrana. Thanks for coming on, my man. Thank I gotta you for be, having me. I gotta be yeah, careful. no, I was like, all right, let's get I that. I want to grab you harder. <laughs> Thank you. But you, have, you dislocated your shoulder recently, right? Uh, yeah, last week. So it's always something with us, though. So. It's always something. And plus, getting old, you know, falling apart. Can't do, can't hang with the kids anymore. But what's the, what's the longest you've gone without having a major injury? You know, this last time was probably the longest. It's been mm. a little over a year. Wow, um, it must you know, be amazing. Two kids. So I'm kind of, you know, taking it easier. Be, only not doing, not intentionally. Only just, doing three backflips, not going for four. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Take you know, it a keep, little easier. Keep the basics. <laughs> hundred foot jumps, not two hundred. Right. Right. Yeah. All the you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> it depends on the jump. You can right. still do two hundred. Maybe do an airbag. You know. Exactly. Exactly. I want to read your bio really quick. Um, Travis Pastrana is an American motorsports competitor and stunt performer who has won championships and X Game gold medals in several events, including Supercross, Motocross, Freestyle Motocross, and Rally Racing. 
He runs a show called Nitro Circus, is where I connected with you and uh, one of the guys on the team, Trip, who was a listener of the podcast. And he previously competed in the NASCAR Nationwide Series for Roush Fenway Racing. Currently competes in the Global Rallycross Championship, driving number 199. Is that correct? That is correct. And um, he has also appeared in films like X Games, the movie, and many other things like ridiculousness. Is, is X Games the movie? Is that, is that considered a film? I we, guess. All right, there we go. We're, we're moving on. Up. Is this an accurate bio, or did I miss something? Yeah, it's, that's uh, it's all accurate, right? Yeah, it sounds sounds good, man. Sounds good enough. Yeah. Cool. I don't even know really what I do for a living, but it's yeah. uh, but it's, you've it's made a good. living doing yes. something. Yeah, something. And it's fascinating because more and more people are doing making a living around their passion or just their creative artistry which is what i think you are you're a creative athlete artist well no i appreciate that and the, the coolest part i mean it was kind of an, an interesting upbringing with my dad who was marine mm. and then motocross which was very strict as far as you know you work hard uh you you know you're running every day you're cycling every day you're riding every day right. and then kind of transitioning into freestyle where it goes from you would knock your grandma down on the last turn to, to you know to take the win sure. to you know, I was going against some metal militia and Brian Deegan, and I'm like, you know, I'm 15 years old, and these guys are all tattooed up and hardcore and this and that. And Mohawks. Yeah, and like yeah. everything and piercings and whatever. And Brian Deegan comes up. He's like, dude, that run was so awesome, man. He's going, hey, Miss Pastrana, how are you doing? And I'm like, wait, the the image and the, you know, they were just like having fun. And I was like kind of this these two worlds that kind of collided. I was like, wait, you can you can have fun and still right. like this is this is weird. So. And were, was anyone making money when you started? Because you were really 15 when you came on the scene. Is that right? Around that age when you kind of became 15 known. 15 for, for action sports stuff. But so for me, motocross was always, I mean, mm. racing's been around since, you know, since people could ride motorcycles right. trying to race stuff, sure. you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, like racing was where the money was. That's where the sponsors were. That's yes. where my parents were, you know, encouraging me to, to go. That's what we had worked so hard. I mean, my dad and my mom, you know, they had a, the house was paid off uh, when I was four. And by the time I was eight, we had a mortgage on the house. My dad sold the boat. Then he sold the Harley. Then we wow. got our second mortgage on the house. And, you know, just to, to get to that racing and then all for this, you, to pay for your stuff, to pay for my stuff. Cause it's it. expensive, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the, my dad's construction works with, uh, you know, his, his four of his brothers and, uh, they would actually take pay cuts to cover gas to get us from Maryland to Florida to race with the top guys. Wow. You know, when I was 10, 11, 12, like when most parents are complaining about driving across town, we're driving across, across country, country yeah, yeah, yeah. to hit the nationals and stuff. And it was, it was awesome. But then freestyle came out and I'm like, this is just, this is so much more fun. Why would, why would I try to like stay low off the jumps when I can see how big I can go, yeah. what I can do. And, uh, it was an interesting dynamic, right? As it was kind of turning there. Who was more influential for you growing up, your mom or your dad? Um, as far as education was my mom, as far as, um, my dad always said he was military. He's like, look, uh, my uncle was, or his brother, my uncle was quarterback for Denver Broncos for two years. He goes, look, he was by far and away the best athlete that Maryland has ever seen, that Annapolis has ever seen. He did everything. He made it almost all the way there. He got knocked out by Bumma Smith and he didn't really make, you know, he made enough to, to make it for those years. Mm -hmm. Then he, he came back working construction, um, with the family. And my dad's like, look, no matter how good you are at sports, you're always going to end up right back here with the family working instruction. So he goes, you get your good grades. You work hard. He goes, I don't care if you're sick. I don't care what. This is when I'm fourth, fifth grade. Right. He goes, you, you get up and you run a mile. It's not a long time, not a long way. You run one mile before school every day, and I will drive to Florida on the weekends. You ask me to go ride practice every day after school, and I'll drive to Florida on the weekends. If you don't any day, I don't mind. I'll get the Harley back. I'll get the bike. I'll get wow. the uh, the boat back. And we're not going to Florida on the weekend. So, so you got up every morning and ran a mile. Yeah, I mean it's it's 
it's not my, it was just for him. It was just that, that motivation. Like you yeah, show me you're motivated. Discipline, yeah. So instead of when most parents were like, Oh, you have to do this. My dad was like, Hey, slow down. Don't, why are you doing those jumps? Don't like, just, you're not going to make it kid, but look, as long as you <laughs> keep trying, I'll put an equal effort. And that was, you know, kind of how I made it to where I did was just having fun. Amazing. Did you play any other sports like traditional sports? Traditional sports, I mean, until I was probably eight, so nothing, nothing right. serious. What was basketball and baseball? And- yeah, I mean, uh, basketballs. I've, everyone on my team said don't shoot. I couldn't. My hand coordination was bad. <laughs> my uncle uh, told me never get into football, so I never really knew how to throw yeah. or catch. Um, so you loved it with the pain. You liked re- wrestling. Wrestling was my thing, man. Yeah. I, but then I got. I was just always wrestling people a lot older because I was always just so tall as a yeah. kid. So I don't, I don't know if you were tall as a kid, but it, I was, I was like this tall when I was 11 or something. Yeah. You see, it's just, it's not got, good for wrestling. It's the worst. Everyone <laughs> just dive in my legs. I'd be like, on the mat, you know? Um, and you're, you're from Maryland. So you must be a big fan of, uh, Michael Phelps, right? He's been crushing it. Yes. It's unbelievable. I was just there last week and I saw him in the semifinals for a race and it was just really cool was to see his whole process from start to finish and how he executes is amazing. I, I absolutely love how he goes out and he knows now what it takes yeah. to get there. And everyone's like, Oh, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. You're not training hard enough. And then he goes, he knows there. how to do it the last second. Yeah. yeah it's like uh, the desk or whatever. She, uh, she crushes it. So after three days, it's unbelievable. Maryland had, the second highest country count. I saw your Instagram. <laughs> I, I saw like, your Instagram. Yes. <laughs> the Maryland games. That's whole, the Maryland games. Are you friends with both of them or? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I've seen Michael at a couple of the different things, but, uh, right, right. but no, for sure. It's just, it's just cool. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, it's around the same area. And is, uh, no, nah, I might be, uh, isn't anything that you're doing in the Olympics or is it happening? Are the, the events you're doing? Gonna be so coming in the right now, well, my wife's a skateboarder. Um, so she's pretty excited because skateboarding just got announced for 2020. Yeah, it's cool. So she's like, she's on the fence. She's like, she's, she's you know, a older there's too, a right? lot of younger kids coming up. She's, <laughs> you know, I mean, for, for skating, you know, there's, there's 13, 14 year old that are kids freaks. that are just crushing it. So my wife at, you know, 27, 28, she's like, I'm going to be in my thirties when the next Olympics comes so right now. She's still, she's like, I, I'm still top five, but I could go back and maybe like, uh, I don't know. That's it's going to be interesting. Are you going to try to go for anything? I guess it's only skateboarding, right? No, nothing with motors. There's I pretty much, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like the rest of my family. I pretty much need a throttle or falling yeah, yeah. or something to, you know, maybe you're, diving. I don't know. I'm just not a, I can't right. do handstands anymore though. So right, right. <laughs> yeah, your shoulders are too messed <laughs> up. You know, it's funny. I play with the USA uh, uh, national men's handball team, team yes. handball. I don't know if you've ever seen that sport. I was watching it three days ago. It's amazing, right? <laughs> yes. And we are the only, um, uh, the USA is the only sport where we're not represented at is handball. So we're representing every other activity in sport except for handball. So it's unfortunate we didn't qualify. We haven't qualified in like 20 years. But uh, we'll see if in the next four years if I want to keep doing it. It's just a lot of work. Now, I have to ask, Is just this is way off subject, but, yeah. you know, so in Maryland, lacrosse, that's our sport. I yeah, mean, actually, the, the, the Northeast pro- in the, is my yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's our uh, you know our state sport. That and jousting, yeah. which I think right. is pretty awesome. <laughs> so it's a coast coast state sport. But um, I just think it's interesting that field hockey is what the girls that don't want to get hit with lacrosse sticks do. And yet, field hockey it was intense. In, it, it is intense, but it was in the Olympics. It is in the Olympics. Now is lacrosse not? I don't think lacrosse is in the. Olympics. I don't think it is. But so but why would be. they do the the field hockey? Field hockey is huge around the world. And I think that's why. Uh, I don't know if lacrosse is big around the world. No, pretty much just Colorado and East Coast. That's it, right? Yeah. yeah so I know that the, a lot of other countries are big in the field hockey. Do we? Are we represented in field hockey? I, don't, oh, I would think we have to have a 
a team there. I didn't see a, a team there, but I would just I would feel like man. I was like if I was a lacrosse player, I'd be like man. I I don't know that I want to go field hockey right now. No, I mean, yeah. those sticks are scary and those horrible. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to have my head down there when everyone's hitting you right in the face yeah. like that in the, the field hockey. But um, I love the Olympics. Are you a big fan? I am a big fan. I'm a big fan of any sports. Mm-hmm. I love. I mean, that's I do a lot of sports, but I love right. watching them. I'm, I'm just a big sports fan. But the Olympics are tough because every time you're watching, I want to see, you know, I want to see the sports. And America does a great job of building up the the athletes and the stories. And my mom and everyone's so into it. But I'm like, I just go online and I just want to watch the events. I don't want to be told like what. The stories. The the stories (laughs) are great. I mean, I know everyone loves the stories, but I just like the sports. I hear you. What's the favorite sport for you to watch? Oh, man. Um, You know, obviously with. Just Phelps. I, yeah. I always like to watch watch his events. So I, I guess I, I I am. I'm a sucker for personalities as well. Sure, so sure, all right, sure. I maybe fall in that category. <laughs> uh, but gymnastics, I think, is uh, is always cool, and especially yeah. you know since uh, since Atlanta Games in '96, um, where you know the girls' team crushed it. You yeah. always just kind of you're like, all right, I'll, for yeah, 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 yeah. It's so cool. I got to watch them as well. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm curious, you know, because you are in such an extreme sport that you. You have a lot of friends who do the same things, but not all of them have made it, right? You've experienced some friends who have, have passed on. Is that correct? Yeah, without a doubt. How many, how many friends would you say, like, close friends have, have not made it from different? Um, well, I mean, you know, you had Lusk was the X Games champion in moto, um, you know, and uh, he went down. And we, there's a lot of, you know, you have a lot of friends that, that have serious injuries, whether they're paralyzed or can't do what they love to do. And it's, it's a really interesting, um, dynamic because everyone just assumes if you're in the X games or uh, world games or whatever, you're, you're making all this money. But for the most part, huh. you know, it's like going to college. You, you got to pay off that, that, that the first couple of yeah. years, yeah. um, you know, in your family and everyone put everything in, into most of these, these riders. And, you know, a lot of them, their, their fallback, um, for the most part, I was very fortunate that my mom was very, um, you know, adamant about education and, mm. you know, graduating high school early and, and everything before I could turn pro. But, you know, a lot of these guys, they're great athletes. They're amazingly intelligent. They're smart. They're, they're entrepreneurs. They're, they're great. But when they, they lose what their whole life has been about, their whole passion, um, you know, there's, there's a really tough time to, what do you do when all you did your entire life was ride dirt bikes and bicycles and run, and then you can't walk anymore. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, and then it's you like got, their identity is gone. Yeah. And you got guys like, uh, David Bailey, um, who went in, who was, you know, 1985, 86, uh, supercross champion was right on top of his game, got paralyzed, went through some, some dark times. And then he came back and won Ironman, um, wow. you know, which is, you know, two and a half mile swim or whatever, a yeah. 110 mile bicycle, but everything with, with David then was with his arms. And then he, cause he couldn't walk. So he he's could, doing all of his arms. Yeah. Everything's biking. And yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see the transition of, of what these guys can make. Wow. And unfortunately I think skydiving base jumping is the worst, right? So many guys every year because we, if you want to be the top at whatever you do, if you want to excel in whatever you do, you, you make mistakes. You're going to push yourself a little past. And even some things that aren't in your, control i mean you might have a, a gust of wind or a burble or a, um the shoot you might not have packed it just right or it opened a little funny or it had a little wind gust and uh yeah. so the one thing my wife is really um you know after shane mcconkey um who he had really slowed down a lot um you know he was a, a free skier uh, world champion just amazing personality made a living in something that no one said was possible to make a living traveled yeah. the world you know got married had a had his daughter and was like, you know, just slowing down. So we only did a couple trips a year, not doing the gnarly stuff. And uh, he was ski base jumping. 
just fun jump with his friends and uh the the ski did, with a parachute ski with a parachute and the, the ski didn't um it froze so it didn't one ski came off one ski didn't put him on his back and in base jumping you don't get you don't you have a couple seconds before you hit you don't have time to fix errors so if you're pushing at all if you're even taking any risk it, it bites you and when it bites you there's not Oh man, that was chance. yeah. Oh, I broke a leg. No, it's <laughs> falling out of the sky. Wow. Um, so that's my wife is uh, you know as crazy as she is and as much on the same page. She's like, when you go skydive, skydive is pretty it's safe. Different. But you know that we lost Eric Rohner last year, yeah. and um, which is was really really tough. Um, you know he's got two kids. Yeah. Um, he had slowed down so much, and he was just he was our safety guy. He was the guy that came on and was like, okay, nope, that's too, this is too windy. And he would pull everyone back. And there's so many times we're walking back down from mountains or, you know, climate. We, you know, scoped out buildings. There's hypothetically, not me, but p- other people, um, you know, to, to figure out how to get up to antennas and all this stuff. And he was always the one, nope, it's too windy. No, we'll go back down. Hey, we, we might lose our parachutes. You might, you know, the get the cops are not going to be happy, but we, we can't jump right now because it's not worth the risk. And to have that guy, that mentality, someone that, that loved his family so much that would have done anything. You know, he was working so many different things to stay in the industry and the sport. And he dies on a skydive, not even a base jump. not. And that really took our whole community back to say, okay, you know, you warm up with the backflip in the morning, but you're still 40 feet off the ground with a 220-pound motorcycle over your head, you know. Make sure you turn the gas on. It's the stupid yeah. stuff. It's like this is not – it's every day to us, but it's not – you know, it, nothing can be taken for granted. Even driving to work every morning, you know, it's – You, you, you never know. know. That's just – You never pay know. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, of course. How does that – I mean, how do you navigate through that when something like that happens? What do you – do you just go out and continue riding and doing your thing? Do you reevaluate? Do you say I'm going to hold back a little bit, you know? Well – I'd rather try and fail than, than fail to try is kind of like the motto that I've, I've always grown up in. And, you know, I, I would rather live life and show my kids They're like, how with kids can you ride dirt bikes? Can you, you know, do this stuff? I said, well, I want to show my daughters that when they grow up, they don't have to go to a nine to five job that they absolutely hate or they, you know, they can if they want to. Um, but there are other options. You can follow your passion. If you're, you know, even if you're not making as much money, even if you're working three times the hours, if you love what you do, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's uh, what I've been really fortunate that my parents allowed me to chase this dream of, of action sports before action sports was a thing. They said, well, you know, you're going to end up construction or whatever, but if you're happy, live every day. And, you know, that if you can make it three days, make it three days. If you can make it a year, make it a year. Any time that you can spend doing what you love is not wasted time. And, you know, I've been very fortunate that if you're, I found that most of the people that I'm surrounded by are just been so passionate that they've found a way like yourself, you find a way to make what you love work. Yeah. So true. And it's something we talk about at the school of greatness is really following the thing that you love the most and figuring out how to make a full-time income around that. And maybe you have to do some side jobs that you don't enjoy on the process until you figure out how to make more money. But I, I just believe like, what's the point of living if we're not doing what we love? Like, what's the point if we're not following a dream? What are we, what are we just living to survive? It doesn't make sense to me. No, that's, that's a hundred, hundred percent. I mean, you yeah. you couldn't have said it better. It's just for me, it, what would kill me more? People were like, you get injured all the time. Like right now I had a week off and I went and dislocated my shoulder and I need rotator cuff surgery. It's like, ah, <laughs> but they're like, why do you keep hurting yourself? And I said, well, you're not trying I, to hurt yourself. <laughs> I'm not well, definitely not trying to, but the, when I'm hurt, the thing that I hate most about being hurt 
is that I can't do what I love. That's it. So why would I stop doing what I love so I'm not hurt? Like I don't, I don't like being hurt. I don't like pain, but it's better than waking up without a passion. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host yeah in my have, opinion yeah doing something you don't love or just <laughs> yeah. to make money and yeah. survive man was there um was there ever a jump or stunt that you did that you're like I may not make it. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you were like in the air, you're like, this is the worst idea ever. Or um, yeah, every day of my life on Nitro <laughs> Circus. Like, it's like, all right, I'm going to flip a monster truck. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Flip a monster truck? Yeah. Well, now they do double flips. I mean, I just, oh, it was a pioneer. Gosh. It was one of those. So I had never driven a monster truck before. So I built this ramp. It's like 20 foot tall. I'm like, all right. I'm like, yeah, that'll make it. And then the monster truck got there. The monster truck's huge. <laughs> I was like, ah, my math was way off. Like, th this is never going to work. Like the ramp needs to be twice as big. You know, I felt like um, uh, that guy in Zoolander. Uh, <laughs> like, no, it'd be at least five times bigger. So I got in the truck and I'm like, it's not going to work. And my head's like two inches from the top. I'm like, I'm going to land directly upside down. And yeah, I've got a roll cage and everything, no. but I've got two inches of like, I'm, I'm strapped in. Like I can't, I'm going to break every bone in my body. And they're like, and action. <laughs> I'm like, What'd you do? Yeah, well, I went for it. I was like, well, I that's one thing my dad always said. Hey, if you say you're going to do something, don't open your mouth. Because if you say you're going to do it, oh, back right. it up. Yeah. And there's there's actually, I'd say all of the, the moments in my life that I've been the dumbest moments in my life have all been because I followed that thing that my dad said. He goes, if you open your mouth, you got to do it. So I'm my hero. First time I did something really stupid. I told my hero, uh, Guy Cooper, I was at a national championship event. You know, all the sponsors there, everything. Like, my parents spent the last time to get there. And in practice, right before I went out, I was like, hey, hey, Mr. Cooper. I was like, yeah. He's like, do you see that big jump over there? I was like, can you can you do it? He's like, no, I don't know if I can. He was like, I said, can you do it? I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. He's like, I'll be watching. I looked at my dad's like, you know you can't. Like, the, the bike physically won't make this. You know, I'm like you know, 10, 11 years old, whatever, wow. on an ADCC. Only the 250 guys were doing it. One guy on the 250s. So I came last lap. And I was like, well, I said I was going to do it. Went as fast as I could. I knew 200 foot before the jump, it wasn't going to work. Oh, my gosh. Took off, flew, you know, 10, 11 years old. I'm flying 150 feet through the air, <laughs> land, and thank goodness, the bike pretty much disintegrated on landing. So the all the spokes <laughs> on the tire broke. The forks hit the ground. They went. The handlebars completely bent, and it was the softest. Like, I had, like, two black eyes, but, like, but my dad was like, what do we do now? That was like two thousand oh dollars. The bike is completely disintegrated. So you landed. I didn't make the jump. So if this is the takeoff and this is the landing, I landed right where I thought I was going to. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, short. Yeah, yeah. So I landed on an uphill, basically, instead oh, of the okay, downhill. Okay, okay. But so, it kind of exploded in a place where you the like, whole bike <laughs> just caved in. So not only did I get the foot of travel from the motorcycle, but I got the half a foot from the the wheel and then the forks and then the handlebars. It wasn't great, but like at the end of the day, I didn't break it. You didn't so, die. Yeah. yeah, I didn't die. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. So wow. But those are the worst when you when you call yourself out. Like 
like at X Games or something. You're like, I got this. And then like maybe the trick was pretty close when you said you, you committed to it, and then it didn't get any closer. Would you ever call yourself out in a trick where you could potentially die? Like sky, yeah. like skydiving or something like that, you know? hundred percent. Uh, but that's, it's a different, there's a different mentality of being 10, 11, 12, 15, 22, um, trying to make a name for yourself, trying to be in like risk to reward is always changing for me. If everyone goes, Oh, haha, you backed out, you know, Oh, you're lame. I'm like, I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> I've got two kids, family. Like I, I like my life. I'm yeah. very good. But when you're 15, it's different when you're 15 and not to say that you're going to take huge risk, but you're going to say, okay, you know what? I might not make this, but if I do, it's, it's worth it. Mm. Um, so for me, I think the close I ever came to death was probably, um, I went in the base jumping, went in the grand Canyon, uh, mm. did a double backflip, jumped off, did a front flip. And I was like, Oh, I still have time. So I did another front flip. Ooh. But when I did it, um, I noticed the bike was over me like, cause it had kind of flown uh. and I had dropped faster. Um, so at that point, I looked back up and was like, okay, we're clear. And I looked down and the chute opens, you know, in about a second, but I was just about a second above the ground. So I threw the parachute oh and it was where time stopped and I'm falling and there's nothing. Because if you, if you look, the wind burble actually takes and rotates the, the chute um, and I'd already thrown it. So it's I'm just staring at the ground. I'm staring at it because on a motorcycle or every other time in my life, what makes a great athlete in our sports is being able to jump off the bike and be like, all right, if I don't jump off, I'm going to break my neck. But if I jump off and do this, this, and this, and tumble like this, I'll only break my ankle. Right. And you have to be – most people can't say they just freeze. They're like, worst case – best case scenario still sucks. Where we're always you know, thinking, what's the best case? Like a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I can't throw there. I can't throw there. What if I throw here? Yeah. Then you accept that the ball is your body and you know, I was falling and I had nothing to do. I was just like, I have to stay in this perfect position. And oh I really gosh. hope that shoot opens the next half a second. Wow. And it did. Kind of. It half opened, and then I tumbled down and broke my foot and got some cactus in my butt, but it was all right. That was it, huh? Yeah, I landed on a really steep cliff. Wow. Yeah. That's some scary stuff. How do you approach – or actually, is there ever a a stunt you did where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make this, but you pulled it off beautifully, where you're just like, I can't believe that just happened? Double backflip. X Games. um, You know, it's funny because now a double backflip isn't that big of a deal, but 2006, no one – you know, a, a flips had just been yeah. kind of out for not very long. Um, so it was kind of one of those things where I really wanted to switch to rally. I was racing Kyle McRae, and I was a tenth of a second behind, like, one of the greatest rally drivers of all time. The first chance that I had to win a rally on Factory Subaru, all of my teams there. <laughs> and that final, like, because we did all the, like, the, the stages up to the final had all happened. And I'm like, my career in rally depends on me not messing myself up right now like everyone's there and that was the only thing but i'm like you know what i hate those guys that go you know monday i gotta go to work so i would do that but you know i i gotta work on monday and i'm like you know what i gotta work tomorrow too but you know we let's pull this off wow you know i said i could do it i could do it and uh, it worked and you practiced it many times in like a pit i'm assuming or i i did 50 a day for the two months before but out of the 50 i got i was eight to ten well it's not good. bad. It's, hey, if the lotto was 8 out of 10, you'd take it every, <laughs> every day. Time. But when it's your body and when the other ones, you'd come down and maybe broken neck, maybe worse. Yeah. You know, so I convinced myself instead of being scared, I was like, all right, are you going to do it? I said, yes. So, so you committed to it in your mind I first. Commit, I completely com- committed to it. And I was like, well, I'm going to make the best of whatever happens. I'm going to pull like hell. I'm going to 
do everything that I can. I'm going to try to spot the landing the best that I can. If anything goes wrong, we'll try to, and I was just, I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to crash and I'm okay with that. And I dropped in thinking, Hmm. do whatever you can. And uh, it worked. It worked. Wow. Maybe because you said like the worst case scenario could happen and it'll probably get a crash. So let's just make sure I do whatever I can to not crash now, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I like, I was, I had to be okay with crashing yes. before. Uh-huh. You'd accept what could happen. It was, uh, what's that, that movie, uh, number, um, was it number six or no, was the, uh, who's in it? That's a man. You know what? I'm drawing blanks here. Drawing blanks. So forget I even said that. <laughs> Sports movie? No, no. We're the, some guy with a, a mask. Basically, they were futuristic. Uh, came out maybe ten, twelve years ago, and the guy was experimented on for uh, for the surgery, and he has he had to accept that he was going to die before he could make uh, it anyway. Okay. Yeah, so, cool. That yeah. Never mind. And then I found ten dollars. All right. <laughs> Makes every story better. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Concussions? I don't know. Blame <laughs> What's your thought process going into? Um, a big stunt that's some, something that no one's ever done. You know, that maybe you'll take months to plan, I'm assuming, right? You take months to plan. You've jumped, you did the longest jump in a car, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Is that still the record? The longest? Still the record for cars, yes. For cars. So, how long does something like that take to prepare, to calculate? How many people are on the team? And then what's your mental process getting ready for a big stunt? Well, it's kind of similar. Like, by the time you're doing something in front of the masses, you've already, you've got a pretty good understanding, at least I hope. Of uh, of what your capabilities are, what the car capabilities are, what the bike, what the, you know, like even uh, watching the guy a couple weeks ago jump from the the plane into the net. Mm. You know, he he knew. What, I didn't see it exactly, but I saw kind of like it was happening. I can't believe the guy landed. Yeah, he well without a parachute. Right? Is that what yeah. happened? <laughs> yes, what happened? Yes, sir. He landed in a net. He was good. No parachute. No parachute. Straight from to the, the net. sky. Yes, sir. That's insane, isn't it? Completely insane. Would you ever consider that? 100 by 100. Well, it was, it was interesting because there was a lot of us considering it, but there was a difference in considering it and <laughs> doing, doing it. it. And we were thinking 300 by 300, where he said 100 by 100. I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's a completely different stunt. That's, that's, but he, but he's good. He knew what it would take. So for me, like the Red Bull New Year, no limits. Every year they go to all their athletes and they say, okay, what can we do that will help your sport? And I went to him and said, look, we got beat last year in the championship because our car, um, wouldn't take the hits that, uh, that Ken Block was, was doing. He, he was jumping further. He was just, he was out performing us in areas that we physically are, was, we weren't capable of doing. We would mm. break the car. So I said, we need a stronger car and I'd like to do a big jump. And they said, okay, well, what's, what's his world record? It's 141 feet. They said, okay, let's try to double it, which we were a little, we were like oh, 10 feet short doubling it. But, you know, so we were basically like, okay, what can we do that's going to make these cars better? That's also going to be entertaining. That's going to help you in the future. And, you know, that we won the next four straight rally America championships with Subaru. And a lot of it was because, you know, because of that, that foundation, which is kind of cool to do more than one thing at a time. And that's what Nitro is always trying to do now as well as, you know, kind of step up to say, all right, how can help me help you? How yeah. you want to do four flips? All right. What do we need? We need yeah. bigger ramps. We need better safety. We need landing ramps that have airbags. And then we take the airbags hmm. off and we use Resi. And then, you know, if you want to do a world record, it's probably got to be without Resi. So make sure you have it dialed on that, and then we'll take it off for one time. Wow. You get that world record, and, you know, we'll just do it safe. Wow. Tell me about uh, Nitro Circus. What, how did that get started, and what's your involvement, and where is it headed? All great questions. Um, <laughs> Nitro Circus kind of started when I got hurt. I was, I was hurt quite a bit racing motocross. Um, Which year? Every year. Every year. But this was, uh, you know, 2002. Okay. Um, 2001, 2002, and uh, Greg Godfrey, um, who 
was from Mormon from Salt Lake City. He went out to California. He was a key grip on Touched by an Angel. He's like, I love movies, but I love motorcycles. I want to make movies about motorcycles. Sure. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. But he couldn't get the riders. So I was like, well, there's guys. I have the first ever foam pit. There's guys at my house all the in time. Maryland. In Maryland. Yeah. Um, learning new tricks, trying stuff that's never been tried. So he sent me a camera. I didn't know anything about filming, but, you know, since Sony 2000, the uh, balance, white balance was never set. Nothing like the, the footage quality was horrible, but the, the footage content was just pure and real. And it was yeah. before YouTube really took off and everything. So people were just got this huge following. And then, uh, you know, it was, it was really cool because Johnny Knoxville had called me up and when Evil Knievel passed away and said, look, we are doing a 24 hour takeover of MTV. Mm. And he said, come up with a few stunts. So I wrote out, down a list of about 5,000 stunts. And he goes, can you do any of them? I said, I don't know. We'll try them all. Two weeks later, he got a show on MTV. And then I uh, started with a live show. And then we started traveling the world, finding more crazy people just like us. I mean, yeah, it's it's not that new for rednecks and farmers <laughs> and people who build stunts. ramps. Put, you, know, you put your two by four and your plywood and you jump your bikes and then your cars. And it, it just evolves. But as this evolved, we found that we could actually, people like to watch it. People that didn't like to do it like to watch it. People that like to do it, joined us. Yeah. <laughs> and we just got this huge crew traveling the world, having a good time with all our friends and families. And um, now we're at a point where it's really cool because Nitro can, you know, we just did World Games, mm-hmm. which was, you know, like a world championship event. But It's kind of like your version of X Games or what is it, this? It's exactly. Yeah. But it's only the, it's pretty much the big air. So instead of going around and saying, okay, mm-hmm. what's the most technical? We say, who can go the biggest and do something that's never been done? The most dangerous. But then no contest before had ever used um airbag landings or i mean i'm talking small like not you know like you land in a pillow um you know you can still get hurt but we had not one single broken bone and we had i think over 50 worlds first so tricks that no one had ever done before so the safest games it was the safest games with the most innovation that had ever been done which for us was was a huge step and we caught a little flack from you know some of the guys to be like hey look you can't have an official world record to something that's that's not wood or, or um, dirt or whatnot. But at the end of the day, these guys could try it. If you land it, you land it. If you don't land it, you can get back up. And you might not be happy about it. You might be wind knocked out yourself, right? I just look at my shoulder to a resi. Like it's it's not. What's a resi? Just so I'm. Oh, sorry. Understand. A resi is either foam, um, like say a foot or two foot of foam on a ramp, on, on a, a ramp, down ramp, on a down, down ramp, ramp with a like a small sheet of plastic over the top. Um, so, so you can still land it and keep going is what you're saying. Land and ride out. Gotcha. But usually you slide. So if you land without the bike, without the, the rubber tires, um, as long as your shoes aren't that exact same compound, your feet, everything slides out. So you don't usually break stuff. Gotcha. Still was a little bit tough with concussion. So we started for the motorcycle side, actually covering that with, um, a little bit of carpet mm. as well, which just takes that, that, you know, after all the NFL stuff. And then with Dave Mira, yeah. um, you know, definitely something that my, job is actually safety now, I guess, for me at Nitro Circus, which is scary. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, I've been there. I understand what kind of works. And when someone says they want to do something that's never been done, we got to take a step back and say, okay, it can be done, but how can we do this without killing somebody? Yes. Josh Sheehan did a triple backflip on a dirt bike, 44 foot tall takeoff, 65 foot tall landing, 100 feet in the air. He broke a couple ribs, was pissing blood for a little bit on oh, one of the things, oh but no real injuries. So he didn't die. Oh my God. <laughs> I think, we, and we learned a lot about, about the, the safety bags and everything. So, mm. um, you know, that we used for world games. So you're constantly innovating the sport and what's possible for the human body. 
Exactly. And what's not possible, if you go too high, you need to have safer landings. And then if you have safer landings, you can go higher. So it's kind of a... It's a and when did, so when did it start with when you're traveling the world with, with this? Uh, this was uh, 2000, 2009, 2010. Okay. Do you know that, Greg? 2010. Yeah. 2010 as a tour. Gotcha. So Nitro Circus officially started in 2010. Well, the... Nitro Circus Live. Live. So Nitro Circus, the DVDs, started in 2002. 2002. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And it's just been evolving ever since. So you're one of the uh, original founders, members. There was there was two of us. We had Greg Godfrey who knew something about film and myself who knew something about riding dirt bikes. And then that's it. That's it. And it just it just keeps growing. And now it's just this mega business as well that you guys have continued to build. It's, it's a wild thing because I don't like business. I don't like, you know... I feel like if you're passionate enough, you'll find a way. But my job is to be at that table and to make sure that everyone at that table is smarter than I am. Of course. And if that is the case, I feel like I've done my job. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you could be the most talented. Yeah, there we go. I, I, look, your craft, I'll work on the ramps. Yes. I'll work on this this niche. But so the company has gone bigger. Uh, definitely yeah, the riders. The riders guide it. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of stuff that's we. A lot of the riders know about the, you know, especially the younger guys, the scooter kids. Sorry, scooter kids. They're coming up. They're crushing it, by the way. Um, they know a lot about the social media, and yeah, they all course. film their own stuff. The guys. What do you mean by scooters? Uh, scooters like a rate, like pretty much proto scooters, razor scooters, razors. Yeah, like little, little one foot with your. Those guys are freaks. I've seen some of those guys on Instagram just do crazy tricks. You know, they've been made fun of their whole lives and in... But now they're starting to take off a little, right? And they are taking over they're action making money. sports. They, they they're are. Making, these little 16-year-olds... One of these guys follows me. I forget his name. He's got, I don't know, like a half a million followers on Instagram. And he's just throwing camps where hundreds of kids are coming to. And it's and they're, they're doing... So we got our it's crazy. biggest athlete on Nitro Circus is uh, Ryan Williams, our Willie. And everyone gave him so such a hard time for... He was so amazing, but on a scooter. So he borrows someone's... scooter. Scooter, scooter guy. So he's the biggest athlete at your. He's the the most well known athlete on Nitro Circus. Maybe really? Sheehan with his triple backflip and stuff got, but he's the first one there signed autographs. He's the last one there that that leaves. He gives away a scooter at almost every single stop. He does like he does all his own video editing. He does all his own filming. So he's basically he's his own brand. He is complete Business. brand. How, how old is he? Uh, right now he's twenty one years old. And the amazing part is everyone gave him a hard time for riding a scooter. So he goes and wins the world championships on BMX and then pretty much sets it aside and goes, okay, now. I'm going to go back to my scooter thing. Now go back to the scooters. Like, this <laughs> he is won legit. the world championships. Yeah, he won, won Nitro World Games. I mean, not even close. Do dominated. Big air. The, the biggest tricks. I mean, he's the only one to triple front flip a bicycle. He does like every week. Kid's amazing. Wow. 1080 front flips, like three full twists and a flip on a BMX bike. It's not even. It's it's. They don't even have this in video games. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they don't? I mean, we're working on that. But, oh, wow, you know. wow. So Okay, so so what would you say uh, Nitro Circus is right now for people to understand it? It's a, a, a live tour and what else? Well, Nitro Circus started from a bunch of kids, guys, having fun, pushing the limits in action sports. But right now it is the best in the world of action sports, um, trying to find a way for, for the top guys in the sport to be able to travel the world uh, follow their passion uh, with the live shows and, and pretty much every country around the world. And then also, um, you, you know, guys we, are on TV as well. Uh, right. so we have, uh, NBC, uh, sports. Um, and then we have two specials a year on NBC. And then we just put together, um, basically a world championship event for the big air, uh, uh -huh. type stuff. And, and that was recently, right? That was, yeah, recently had over, uh, like 5 million viewers live. So wow. that was, Congrats. Uh, plus the, the internet stuff, which is actually, it's amazing. The internet, you get more views, yeah. um, through that than you do on, 
you know, even like an, an NBC or TV. a huge network yeah, yeah. now. It's um, it's it's a wild thing. But NBC has been such a, a great partner for us because that allowed us to take these sports that were kind of a younger audience and take it to to the masses to where anyone could really watch it. Mm. Who's the most talented athlete in your minds in the Nitro Circus? Uh, it's, it's hands down our Willie. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's just he's he's a freak of nature on trampolines. On he's just got so much air awareness, and he rides when he wakes up in the morning, six o'clock. He's at the skate park. And he's either on bicycles or scooters or he's parkour, he's uh, trampolines, he's diving boards. If there's a there's a bridge somewhere, he's flipping off of it. Like he just loves being in the air. He loves pushing himself. He loves trying stuff. Mm. So people are always like, "Oh, he's so naturally talented." I'm like, maybe, but if you were doing whatever your sport was, 15 hours a day, you know, <laughs> you'd probably be right. pretty good at it's it too. A, yeah, <laughs> he lives it. I mean, he just, every he's disciplined. That's it. If he's not doing that, he's editing. Mm. Yeah. His own, he's shooting it or he's got a team filming and then he's editing it. Wow. Yeah. Well, the beauty of Nitro Circus now is that um, we have a not only with our you know in-house camera guys, but we have all the riders now are, you know, Brandon Schmidt and they film each other. Right. And, you know, they really put their, their stuff together. Woodward um, is Woodward's an action sports. Woodward's a great sports. camp, right? Yeah, very yeah. good. So Woodward, this action sports camp, they actually have a camp now as well. So while these kids are – some of the – kids are learning how to ride bicycles and skateboards they have a like an editing and social media really? film. at the camp so that's cool some of the guys cross for cross transfer over but a lot of the guys that we're hiring now on night show are coming out of that that camp for just their editing that's cool you know? so that's pretty neat wow i mean it's video has done an incredible thing for all sports really but for action sports when you guys are able to get it out there so many people become it becomes so much more popular right well that it, it's Harder, I guess, to, to monetize where everyone's doing awesome stuff, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think that the beauty is there's no one that can't be a big name quick. Like if you – people are like, how do I get on Nitro Circus? I'm like, simple. You do something that no one else has ever done. You're where on. do I put it? I'm like, you put it anywhere. If, no one, else has ever, if yeah. no one else has ever done it – People will see it. People will see it. It will get out there. It will go – I mean, you know, I really got like 50, 60 million views on, on the, the clip that he just put out. It's like – you know, and obviously he's got a more of a following, right, but right. like at the end of the day, this is, it's, I shouldn't say easy. You have to be an amazing athlete, but the yes. thing is you can't make a living now just on, yeah, I was good in the day. No, there's so many other kids coming up, up and doing, coming. and they're all have an outlet there. So it, it's awesome. If you're, uh, if there's a 13 year old kid who's into this, this sport or any of these sports in the action sports. And wants to follow their passion. And this could be any type of kid, really. But if you're in the action sports and they want to make six figures a year, what would you say would be the path that they need to take in order to make a good living? Maybe they're never going to be the best or the most extreme, but like, hey, you can still make a hundred grand a year doing the sport by doing what actions? It's what's interesting with action sports, especially with how the internet's gone. If your goal is to make money or your goal, maybe as you're getting older, is to stay relevant. You're already not relevant or you will never make money. Mm. Um, there is no amount of money in the world worth putting your body through the risks that that, <laughs> that these guys – I mean yeah. people are always like, oh, if I got paid you know, six, seven figures, I it. would do that. No, you wouldn't. Chance? Actually, you probably wouldn't. And you wouldn't – maybe you'd try it, but you wouldn't put the time and the effort and the injuries into to getting there. you got to fully love it. So, so on that aspect, you have to really love it. But at a certain point, if, you're, if you make it and you're good enough – and you're still passionate about it when you get there. Because that's another thing. I mean, a lot of kids, they finally make it and they're there. They're like, you know what? I just, I'm just burnt out, which is awesome. And so, not awesome. But, or yeah, yeah, I don't want to be hurt anymore. I don't want, and, but 
the amount of sacrifice and dedication and the hard work they put in, the guys that make it even for a year, even for whatever in action sports have been able to then make it like business for, at that point is easy. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I'm not saying business is easy, but it's, it's something that especially now they have a little bit of credibility. It's like my friend mm-hmm. is Navy SEAL. Um, you know, went into the SEALs, didn't have anything when he went in, came out. And for him, like, things that stress out most people, like even me, I'm like, I got this. He's like, it's he's like, just laughing. This is nothing. Yeah. He's like, dude, yeah, whatever, man. And he's able to take what he's learned and the, the effort and the, the yeah. work and the pain, you know, real pain, you of know, course, real, yeah. real risk and real what, and you know, that level always changes depending on what job you take. But to take that back into a normal environment, you, you're then su- successful or can be successful. Yeah, I mean, as an athlete, I feel like I had an advantage learning business. Like, yes, it was challenging to get started, and I had no clue what I was doing. But compared to three days in the heat in Ohio, you know, 110 degrees, and just getting beaten the head over and over and constant injuries, like figuring out how to market something wasn't that hard. You know what I mean? My compared. Last, <laughs> last year of Supercross, um, you know, I was only 18 years old. I just I was on the way to the test track. And, you know, we get to the Suzuki test track out just Corona, California, not too far from here. And we'd get there around eight o'clock and we'd leave at six whenever it got dark. And it was just, it was hot. It was miserable. You just, you, I, I never had any skin on my arms. I was always hurt. I was always sore. <laughs> and on the way, there was a big crash, uh, just on the freeway. And I was sitting there and I was so happy. I was like, Oh, thank goodness. I'm, I'm going to be like, I'll miss an hour. This is, this is so great. And that's where I, I realized that, Hey, this, you know, action sports is where your heart is not, you know, putting in laps on supercross track. But at the same time, like when that makes something that most people are like so frustrated at just so much better that, you know, when you're putting in three <laughs> right, days, right, right. anything to get you out of that, Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, but if you're going to make it, obviously you're looking forward to those three days. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do bigger. I'm going to do better. I'm going to. I'm going to push it. I'm, if I'm hurting, I'm going to make sure that everyone else on the field is passed out. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm almost passed out, they're passed out. Exactly. Um, how do you get into flow when fear creeps in? Because obviously, I'm assuming you're not immune to fear. When you try something new, there's got to be some uncertainty for you. Even when you try something you've already done, there might be some fear in doing three backflips in a row at any moment. So how do you get into flow and overcome fear? Um, repetition and practice. And the more bad experiences you're in, the more bad experiences that you will get in that you know how to get out of, um, if that makes any sense. So like when you're in the air and everything's going wrong, but you've been in a similar situation, you know, either it worked or it didn't work, but you already have, you're not relying on thinking, you're just doing it. And I feel like when you drop in and do something you've never done before, you already have an idea. You know what the takeoff feels like. You know what the pull feels like. You've tried it into a foam pit or an airbag or, or something. Um, so for me, flow is simply repetition. It's being, it's knowing every part of my motorcycle or bicycle so in and out that no matter what happens, I'm not that concerned about it because I know how to get out of it. And that's why guys like our Willie do so great because every time they mess up one trick, they might invent another trick because they realize what spins or how that, you know, so it's that, that mentally going, whatever this stunt, this trick, this jump, this day throws at me, I've got it covered because I've put in the work. The only time that I feel like I'm really out of flow is when I'm thrown in a different element. Like, um, people are like, Hey, here's some skis. I'm like, Oh God, like I can't ski at all. But going down a hill, as soon as I get in the air, 
oh, all right, here we go. Back <laughs> layout. There we go. Let's do some spins. Okay. And then I land back on the skis and I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> here sure. we go. So for me, flow is, uh, flow is repetition. That's cool. I like that. How many times do you think you've gone off a ramp <laughs> on anything? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, every, pretty much it was every day of my life for 10 years. Um, you know, 300 times a day. Wow. I was never great at math. Took sure. the only major in college that I could kind of skip <laughs> sure. around that. Sure, sure. Okay. Thousands of times. Yes. Okay. Hundreds of thousands, millions. And do you have a daily routine or meditation practice or habits that are non-negotiable for you every single day? For me, the the hardest part is with travel and, you know, with mm. family and with everything. It, it's, it does get more challenging, but yeah. give me an hour on my road bicycle every day. And if, I don't care if we get to bed at three o'clock and we have to get up at five. Like if I can just like, I'd rather not sleep and just get that time for me. That's, I was never good at sitting on a couch or sitting anywhere and just meditating still, still. but on a road bike, I feel like, especially like around my house in Maryland, like it could be hot, it could be cold, it could be whatever. And just, um, just going out and you know, there's not a lot of cars on the roads around the house and there's some good bike trails and, you know, just to put your music in and just have that time. That's, it's kind of alone and, and you can, you know, the first little bit, you kind of wind down and then you have that little bit of that, that peace where you're just kind of riding and you, know, you might be thinking about what's going on. And then you have that, that bit at the end where if you want to push it, you want to go a little hard, you want to see what you're made of again, you know, every day <laughs> you're like, you minutes. promise you won't, you won't do it the next time, but you want to see if you can beat that record. And that's, that's funny. So for me, that's, that kind of covers all three of my bases that. So every day you ride the bike or you try to ride the bike every day. That's, that is my hour. goal. I mean, it used to be like. You know, try to get in 60 miles a day, and now it's like 60 miles a week. But, you know, sure, you sure, do sure. what you can. You do what you can. That's cool. I like that. That's your meditation. And your wife, you say your wife, uh, she fully supports everything you do now. I mean, obviously, you have, you have two kids, correct? Yes. Do anything – does anything change for you uh, when approaching the sport and, you know, going big? No. Well, what's interesting, and we were just hanging out with um, a lot of our friends and family this, this last week uh, from Nitro Circus. And most of us have, have kids now and they were doing stuff that, I mean, like child protective services probably would go, Hey, that's, that's dangerous. But when you're with this crew, like with Tony Hawk got so much trouble for, for riding with his, uh, you know, one of his kids on a skateboard, but for Tony, like I would think his kid was way more safe on his skateboard than probably with one of his in-laws driving, you know, to, to <laughs> McDonald's yeah, in yeah. a car seat. Sure. I, I don't, I don't know his in-laws at all. Sorry. But you all know, right. that's just, um, you know, with four wheelers, motorcycles, what we know, this is what we do. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's like my wife always trusts me, um, you know, with the kids, with myself, because she knows that I'm not a careless person. I don't take a lot of risk. I more with myself than anything else, just because I, I like to win yeah, yeah. one upsmanship. But of course, at the end of the day, it's, I'm not going to do that with, with base jumping, with skydiving, with stuff that I, I don't, not particularly um, not in flow with, yeah, don't yeah. have to practice in the gotcha. time, but my wife is probably the one that she is the one that scares me more than I scare her. Um, not necessarily with her on a skateboard, but now she's getting into motorcycles and car racing and all this stuff and motors bring in a whole different, all different speeds and jumps. And she's like, this is so easy. And I'm like, just be careful. Like you don't, you don't know how close you are getting to, to you edge. haven't, you haven't experienced that many crashes. Uh, Doug Henry, my greatest hero of all time growing up, um, his son won the national, uh, jump rope championship. And it was interesting. I was like, Doug and Doug's paralyzed now. Um, did a backflip paralyzed. He, um, 
you know, he had a broken back, but they said he'd never ride again. He can't, his wife found a doctor and did some stuff and they figured out a way. So he came back, won two national championships. This guy's been through everything, but he goes, look, I didn't ever get my kids involved with this because I know how many times I had to mess up before I understood what was going to work and what wasn't. And he goes, I still ended up in a, in a chair. He goes, I have no regrets. I love my life. But at the same time, it's, it's a hard thing. Like Lindsay knows skating. I don't know skating. Yeah. If I get on a skateboard, I'm going to fall and break myself off. I know I can't even go off curb. Right. So yeah. if the kids are on a skateboard, <laughs> I can they go straight on a yeah, street. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're with my wife and they're with the motorcycle. They're with me, but it's, it's an interesting dynamic how they see this stuff. They, my daughter, you know, she sees doubles backflips, triple backflip and oh, that's Sheenie. That's like, it's just, it's, yeah. it's normal. So I'm a little nervous on that end to what yeah, she's going to be like, oh yeah, it's hundred foot jump. Yeah. I got that at like oh, six, man. you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And what still drives you today after you've created so much, you've achieved so much, you've won everything, broken all the records? Waking up with a passion. Yeah. Just waking up with that smile on your face, having something that you really want to do that day. And it, some days it's uh, you know, just not traveling and staying home with the family. And then you do that for enough days and you're, it's no longer – you're like, okay, this has been good, but what can I do? Like where can we take Nitro Circus? You know, how can we provide – a place where guys like me can have that are passionate, that love what they do, can make a living traveling around the world with their best friends. Mm-hmm. Like I've had the very fortunate, you know, life to be able to to do that. Yeah. And can we keep action sports growing and keep? I shouldn't say keep kids off of video games. I mean, video games are great, but you know, it's like action sports were conventional sports, and then you had action sports in my generation. Now you have video games. Yeah. And which is it's fine. And Pokemon Go. Yeah. What. <laughs> It's like, what? I almost got like running. I was at a stop sign. I came and just like almost ran into me. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you doing? Get your Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Anyway, but so that's for me, I just want my kids to be active and I want them to be passionate. And right. That's, I don't know. That's what I base my life around. So, right. Is there anything, is there any boundary that you have or is there any limit that you don't think you'll be able to break in the next five to 10 years with technology and with how much you're seeing other guys do things and what they're able to do with their bodies and bikes and things like that? Is there anything that you're like, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to do that, but. Well, it's really hard to say because the first time I did a double backflip, I said, you know, I'll never do a double backflip again. That was this craziest thing ever. And now, honestly, like kids are warming up, not kids, but, you know, there's a a 20 year old Harry Bink and he hit the, he just looked at the jump. He hadn't even hit it before. Double backs it. Really? On a dirt bike. And I was like, you little punk. And you were the first one to do it? Yeah, 2006. But like, you know, I mean, I'm just saying like things evolve. So it's with evolution, ramps evolve. And that's so my job is to continually evolve these sports and make it as safe as we can while we're doing it. So my backyard in Maryland is basically this huge like playland of just bags. And and it's cool because I can still try these new tricks and try everything and work on all this stuff. And I do it to a bag. And then when someone goes, hey, you going to take it to dirt? I'm like, no, I'm old. That's your job. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So you'll do it to a bag, but you may not do it to a ramp. Yeah, unless it's something that I really feel you like is – 10 out of 10. It's every time. And if it's worth if, – if it's something huge and it's something that I can do every time, then – Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm never going to do something yeah. crazy again. Like this last tour, I, I had worked on all these ramps in my house, and uh, one of the guys got hurt, and one of the guys uh, uh, didn't come on tour – because uh, he was practicing for World Games and X Games and all this stuff. And I was the only one in the world that could actually do the the tricks that I'd set up. And I'm like, duh, 
gun it. So I had to do the whole whole <laughs> tour, and it was the best tour of my life. But my wife is like, because every night I'm like so scared. I'm going out there and I'm trying. So it, you know, when you do thing one night, that's one thing. Yeah. But on tour, you got to do it night after night that's after scary. night. So I crash one night real bad, and I'm just I'm bruised. My legs are purple. I could hardly breathe. I bruised ribs, shoulder sore. And I'm like, all right. And tomorrow night too, my wife's like, oh you're not gosh. really going to get up. I'm like, I got that's, to. That's what they pay to see. Give oh the people God. what they want. <laughs> <laughs> so my goal is to always be that that guy that can have six or seven other guys that can learn what he's doing. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and do it better. That's cool. <laughs> um, a few final questions for you, and I appreciate everything you've shared so far. This has been awesome. Uh, personal question: What are you most grateful for in your life recently? Oh, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's a really really tough question. Um, you know, I, I'd say the thing that I'm most grateful for is that my wife, even though she's in these sports is, has been so good as a, as a mother, I'm almost crying. As I say, it's just weird. Cause you know, you get older, you get tears and it's just weird stuff. But the, um, so as I travel around a lot, it's difficult traveling with, with kids, different time zones, one of them sleeping, one of them's not my wife who always loved her sleep. Like she didn't get less than 10 hours of sleep ever when we were dating, um, you know, which is not like a realistic now in, she in gets the, four. Yeah. If, if she's lucky, um, you know, and that's, and she's been able to adapt mm. to that and really embrace that. And still, she still skates. She still goes out and, and goes in the show. Um, you know, not every night, but she just, she went to world games and she's like, you know what? I want to skate today. And she ran practice and she's right. such a badass, but you never know it from her Instagram or anything. She never even puts anything of her. It's all just, you know, kids and just, she just loves being that a mom and I love being a father, but if, she, if I didn't have someone that was that good as a mom, I, I would probably have a mental breakdown. So that's, wow. I appreciate that part. It's a lot to be grateful for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Awesome. I know it's a lot, but I was just, this, no, my wife great. has adapted to being a mom so well. I think. That's amazing. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. This is a question that I ask everyone at the end. It's called the three truths. <laughs> it's called the three truths. So imagine, uh, it's. Many, many years from now, you've lived an incredible life, long life, and uh, it's the last day for you, and everyone's there. All the people you care about, your friends, family, it's a celebration. But for whatever reason, all the videos you've shot of all the things you've said, this podcast isn't around anymore, uh, You know, all the stunts you've done have been erased from online, so no one can see what you've created anymore for whatever reason. But they give you a piece of paper and a pen and they say, we want you to write down the three things you know to be true about all the experiences in your life that you'd pass on to all of us. So what would you say are your three truths? Uh, number one is passion. Um, if you're passionate enough about something, even if it's not exactly how you wanted it to be, you'll find a way to make it work. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if what goes around comes around, Mm. um, is, is something, but I guess kind of stick with it because like, I feel like there's a lot of people that get a lot of luck or get a lot of people that get a lot of bad luck and a lot of people with a lot of luck kind of change who they are. And a lot of people with a lot of bad luck quit. Mm. And I'd say what goes around comes around. If you just don't quit, because so many times I have so many friends that were just, something was just about to come through and they gave up, Mm. you know, which is, which is fine. That's what they want to do. But it's like, I feel like so what close. goes around comes around. If you can just stick with it, if you can go through enough bad, you know, so kind of, I go along the same lines. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I think respect, um, I think respect is something that, uh, you know, as is, is earned over a lifetime. But if you can, uh, you know, if you can always respect other people and, and 
try to keep their respect. I think you're doing uh, doing all right. Mm, I like that. And I'm not saying internet respect. Right, <laughs> you know, right. I'm saying like the Human people respect. the people that are like you know really well. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Travis, for your incredible joy and your incredible love and passion for what you do in bringing the sport to life and making it so well known for so many people around the world. Also, your commitment to your passion, because there are not a lot of people that I think are willing to do what you do for the love of their passion. They don't want to risk enough. And you're an incredible example of what's possible in the world for all of us. You're an incredible example in your sports as a human being from just our small interaction here, limited time. And to know that you can thrive in your sport and have a loving wife and loving kids and have an incredible family and have it all and the business, it's such an inspiration. So I want to acknowledge you for just who you are in the world, man. It's well, amazing. Thanks. thanks for having these podcasts, man. Yeah, awesome. of course. Appreciate of course. Um, before I ask the final question, where can we follow you online? Where do you hang out the most? Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, where are you at? What should we follow? NitroCircus.com. What can we do right now to support you? Oh, man. Basically, just uh, just Nitro Circus and their, their athletes. I mean, you go on uh, Nitro Circus Facebook. I'm more of an, an Instagram. I know they're all Snapchats coming around, but I'm... I'm <laughs> Instagram I'm old, stories, I'm, man. Yeah, there, Instagram there you Instagram stories go. get I, big. You know, I, I just finally switched over. I'm still Facebook, but I just found like the... I have a hard time with Facebook in that every time you post something, it's just mostly just like if you're riding two feet with your, your kid and you're not putting a, a helmet on. I know I should always wear a helmet, but right. like, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of people that are just like angry feedback. Yeah, yeah. Very negative. So this, uh, I feel like Instagram is a, a little more supportive, a little, not even supportive, just my, my people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I've been sticking with that for yeah, now, but yeah. uh, no, nitrocircus.com and just, uh, you know, be sure to check out Nitro Circus. And if you want to see, like, honestly, Come to a show. Every every yeah. parent goes, um, you know, oh, I came for my kids, and then halfway through, I was standing up and cheering, and I haven't felt like that in so long. Thank you. Uh, a mom said, the, sorry not to take up too much time, but. No, go ahead. The thing that I think made me smile the most in this last year was a mom came up to me and, like, grabbed me a little violently at the end, like, <laughs> like come over here. I was like, all right. She goes, I just want to thank the crew down here, the, the, you're all the, all the guys, all the riders. Mm -hmm. And she says, I was afraid to have my kid ride a skateboard. I didn't like the image. I didn't like what I had it seen or, or whatever, what, yeah. It, yeah, it's like, you know, staying out late going, um, you know, not vandalism, but that's right, just right. how she kind of viewed everything. And, you know, with skating down parks or streets or something like that. And she goes, what I saw here was a bunch of friends hmm. having an awesome time. And if my kid can ever find a group that embraces him, that loves him, that is as half as supportive wow. as this crew, then I have done a good job as a parent. So thank you for bringing this, this crew together. So mm -hmm. I think for Nitro Circus, I think that beyond anything, like the world's first or not world's first, people, I think, especially the parents relate to just That's cool. a bunch of good people having a good time. And do you guys tour all over the world, over the U.S.? Where, how, there's, a, there's a schedule online, right? Yeah, online. Um, they, they have all the schedules, but... um. Basically, we'll we'll go all over U.S. We do a, a regional tour, hit uh -huh. some of the, the smaller cities, and then a, a bigger tour. The bigger tours have um, all the top guys. The, the regional tours yeah. sometimes are split up a little bit, but mm -hmm. definitely uh, always a lot of fun. So all the information is at nitro, nitrocircus.com, right? Greg, what do we do? At Nitro Circus on social media, nitrocircus.com. He's on it. He's Greg, the Greg's the man. He's got it. Um, awesome. Final question for you. This has been a, a great time. I really love connecting with you. And there's, if there's anything I can do personally to support, just let me know. Um, 
the final question is, what is your definition of greatness? Ah, see, you got all these just, just, just very <laughs> deep, deep questions. So, I mean, right off the top of my head, I think greatness is being able to have the confidence to do what you love to do and to do it well enough that you have the people around you that you love that still want to do it with you. Travis, you're the man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, yes. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with the legendary Travis Pastrana. Again, the guy has done so many incredible things, broken so many world records, broken the physical limitations so many times with the human body, and he's just an incredible human as well. So I'm so grateful for Travis for coming on. So thank you, Travis, and the whole team over at Nitro Circus for getting him on here. Make sure to leave a comment over on the blog, lewishouse.com slash 368. Share this with your friends over on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all over the place that you think is relevant for your audience. Make sure to connect with Travis as well. All of his information is back at the show notes. Let me know what you think of the full video over on YouTube. And if you're not following the YouTube channel yet, man, we've got so many inspiring interviews there. So go check it out at youtube.com slash Lewis House. We have over 70,000 subscribers now there. Continues to grow on a daily basis. We've got some incredible interviews coming up. And I want to know what you want to hear, what you want to learn about, what topics interest you more. So again, take that quiz and get ready for some incredible greatness coming your way soon. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. <laughs>